Welcome to another episode of Dad and Daughter Read, where we take turns reading classic stories. For our third episode, we're reading from a collection titled Princess Sarah and Other Stories by, and I love this author's name, John Strange Winter. Although our story today has nothing to do with Princess Sarah, we're reading one of the other stories. It's a story about a kind young girl and a little lady with a big voice. I'm the dad, and I'm the daughter, and this is. The little lady with the voice. Marjorie Drummond was sitting on the bank of the river, and if the whole truth must be owned, she was crying. She was not crying loudly or passionately, but as she rested her cheek on her hand, the sad salt tears slowly gathered in her eyes and brimmed over one by one, falling each with a separate splash upon the blue cotton gown which she wore. The sun was shining high in the blue heavens. The river danced and sang merrily as it went rippling by, and all the hedgerows were alive with flowers, and the air was full of the scent of the new-cut hay. Yet Marjorie was very miserable, and for her the skies looked dark and dull. The river only gave her even sadder thoughts than she already had, and the new-cut hay seemed quite scentless and dead. And all because a man had failed her. A man had proved to be clay instead of gold, and so she sat there in the happy summer sunshine and wished that she had never been born, or that she were dead, or some such folly. And the butterflies fluttered about, and the bees hummed, and all nature, excepting herself, seemed to be radiant and joyous. An old water vole came out of his hiding place by the river and watched her with a wise air and a dragonfly whizzed past and hovered over the surface of the sunlit water. But Marjorie's eyes were blind to each and all of these things, and still the tears welled up and overflowed their bounds, and she wept on. "'What is the matter?' said a voice just at her ear. Marjorie gave a jump and dashed her tears away. It was one thing to indulge herself in her grief, but it was quite another to let anyone else, and that a stranger, see her. "'What is wrong with you, Marjorie?' said the voice once more. "'Nothing,' answered Marjorie shortly. "'I may, perhaps, be able to help you,' the gentle little voice persisted. "'Nobody can help me,' said Marjorie with a great sigh. "'Nobody can help me. Nobody.' "'Don't be so sure of that,' said the voice. "'Why do you keep this curl of hair? Why do you turn so persistently away from me? Why don't you look at me?' Marjorie turned her head, but she could see no one near. Who are you? Why do you hide? She asked in turn. You look too high, said the voice. Look lower. Yes. Ah, how do you do? Marjorie almost jumped into the river in her fright, for there, standing under the shade of a big dandelion, was the smallest being she had ever seen in her life. Yet, as she sat staring at her, this tiny woman seemed to increase in size and to assume a shape which was somehow familiar to her. "'You know me now?' asked the little woman, smiling at her again. "'No,' replied Marjorie, stammering a little. "'Oh, yes, you do. You remember the old woman whose part you took a few weeks ago, down by the old church when some boys were teasing her? Well, that was me. Me. And now I'm going to do something for you. I am going to make you happy.' "'Are you a witch?' asked Marjorie in a very odd voice. Oh, hush now. 
We never use such an uncomplimentary word in our world. But you poor mortals are often very rude, even without knowing it. I am not what is called a witch, young lady. I am a familiar. Marjorie's eyes opened wider than ever. She bent forward and asked an earnest question. Are you my familiar? She said. Perhaps, perhaps, answered the little woman, nodding her head wisely. That all depends on yourself. If you are good, yes. If you are bad, no. Most emphatically, no. I am much too important a person to be familiar to worthless people. I'm sure you are very kind, said Marjorie meekly. But what will you do to make me happy? You cannot give me back my Jack because he has married someone else. The wretch, she added under her breath. But the emphasis was for the woman whom Jack had married, not for Jack himself. You will learn to live without your Jack, as you call him, said the little woman with a soft voice sagely, and to feel thankful that he chose elsewhere. You once did something very nice for me, and that is a thing that a familiar never, never forgets. I have been watching you ever since that time, and now I will reward you. Marjorie Drummond, from this time henceforth, everything shall prosper with you. Everything you touch shall turn to gold, everything you wish shall come to pass, what you strive after you shall have. Your greatest desires shall be realized, and you shall have power to draw tears from all eyes whenever you choose. This last I give you in compensation for the tears that you have shed this day. Farewell! Stay! cried Marjorie. Won't you even tell me your name? May I not thank you? No, the thanks are mine, said the little lady. When we meet again, I will tell you my name, not before. In a moment she was gone, and so quickly and mysteriously did she go that Marjorie did not see her disappear. She rubbed her eyes and looked around. I must have been asleep, she exclaimed. I must have dreamt it all. Several years go by, and Marjorie Drummond has prospered in everything. She was on the road to success and fame and fortune. Whenever her name was spoken, people nodded their heads wisely and said, A wonderful girl. Nothing she cannot do and they mostly said it as if each one of them had had a hand in making her the clever girl that she was. As an artist, she was extremely gifted, having her work hung all over the walls of her school and businesses in town. As an actress, though only playing with that form of art, she was hard to beat, and she had written stories and tales which were so infinitely above the average that editors were one and all delighted at any time to have the chance of a story signed with the initials. M.D. Initials which the world thought and declared were those of one of the most fashionable doctors of the day. And at last, the world of letters woke up and rubbed its eyes very much as Marjorie had rubbed her eyes that day on the river's bank. And the world said, We have a great gifted man among us. M.D. is the writer of the time. And slowly, little by little, the secret crept out. And Marjorie was famous and flattered and made the star of the season. Her name was on everyone's lips, and her work was sought after eagerly and read by all. Among those who revered her work was the Jack who had ignored her in the old days, yet not quite the same, but a Jack very much altered and world-worn, so that Marjorie could no longer regret or wish that the lines of her life had fallen otherwise than they had done. And often and often as the years rolled by, 
and she was still the darling star of the people who loved to live in the realms of fiction, did Marjorie ponder over that vivid dream by the riverside. She tried to satisfy herself that it really was no more than a dream, and that the old lady with the sweet, clear voice had no being except in her excited brain. I wish, she said aloud one day when she was sitting by the fire after finishing the most important work that had ever yet come from her pen. I wish that she would come back and satisfy me about it. It seems so real, so vivid, so distinct, and yet it is so impossible. Not impossible at all, said a familiar voice at her elbow. Marjorie looked round with a start. Oh, is that you? She cried. Then it was all true. I have never been able to make up my mind whether it, is, it was true or only a dream. Now I know that it was quite real, and everything that you promised me has come up, come about. I am the happiest woman in all, all the world today. And, de and, dear friend, if ever I did anything for you, you have amply repaid me. We never stint thanks in our world, said the little old lady, smiling. Then there is nothing more that you want? Yes, kind friend, just one thing, said Marjorie. You promised me that when we met again, you would tell me your name. The little woman melted away instantly. But somewhere out of the shadows came a small, sweet, sighing voice, which said softly, My name is Genius. Thanks for listening to Dad and Daughter Read. The theme music is by Komiku, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. You can find more stories like this one by visiting gutenberg.org or your local library. If you enjoyed our story time today, then we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Or say hi over on Twitter at ReadOnPodcast. We'll have a brand new story soon. Until then, find yourself a good story. And read on.